Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Hope everyone's doing well. We are hanging out today. We're enjoying ourselves, enjoying this wonderful, wonderful, beautiful time we have together. There's never enough time. And uh, Adam, my friend, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, and I get to sit down and do this every week, and it's it's really it's it's a lot of fun, man. We really enjoy it. We appreciate you guys coming to hang out for another What's Your Weird Story podcast, and we have a really, really awesome show today. But before all that, I want to talk to my best friend, Adam Beebe. How are you, sir? I am doing all right. Thank you very much for that glowing, warm introduction. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, still uh, dealing with a little bit of allergies. Yes, but, yes. But... Um, yeah, everything's pretty pretty cool, man. Um, I t- well, I'll tell you what, dude. I had a rather frustrating Saturday evening, mm. and uh, normally we don't come on here and we you know we try to keep things kind of positive and up yeah, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'll tell you, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, I ordered um, some a some food from a uh, a national uh, chain delivery restaurant. That specializes in the you know in a somewhat Italian influenced uh, oh, okay. type of uh, meal. Yes, um, yes. We don't want to give out any. We don't want to name anybody specifically. Um, but uh, anyway, I don't normally order uh, through these guys, but I got home late from work and I was I knew it would be really quick, um, so I ordered from them. I ordered some breadsticks mm. and two sprites. And so, <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, breadsticks, <laughs> double order breadsticks okay. and two sprites. I okay. didn't have anything to drink and I wanted more than water. Sure, right. Sure. So I get, you know, I, I order at like quarter to 10, you know, I get my breadsticks in like 20 minutes, but they forgot my drinks. Oh. So, I call them up, and uh, you know they're like, uh, "Oh, you, they, you know, you, what was your, you know, what's your address?" Blah blah blah. And um, okay, well, we'll get those out to you. I'm like, okay, cool. So now I'm like, you know, it's like 45 minutes later. Yeah. And I'm been sitting out on my porch, so I call them again. Same thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll send him out right now. Okay. So now um, it's like 11, right? And I'm like, hey, you know, whatever, you know, let's you know, same thing. Every time I talk to a different person. Yeah. Finally, at like 1230, I call and I'm like, can I speak to the manager? 
and they're like, what's this about? I'm like, dude, I talked to you earlier. This is about two sprites. This is about two sprites <laughs> that are like three hours late. This is about you know? two sprites, man. This is about two sprites. You know, I paid $5 to have them brought to me. You know, I Hell want yeah. these two sprites. Fuck you know? yeah, you do. So, um, I, you know, I'm like, let me speak to the manager, please. I'd like to speak to the manager. And, um, uh, they passed me off to the manager and I had been waiting on the phone on the line for like 10 minutes. And I realized it's Saturday night. It's midnight. It's going to be in a, co- you know, this is a big, big size town and this is the college area. So they're going to be busy, you know, of course. Yeah. So, um, I talked, I, first thing is I asked the manager, um, I said, what's your, and, uh, you know, I, I introduced myself and I was like, and what's your name? And she's like, and she's like, what? I was like, what, what's your name? And she's like, you know, uh, what's this about? So she didn't, she was rude at not answering me, you know, asking, asking the name. For, yeah. 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 For conversation. yeah. Not, not good customer service so far. No, not at all. And, you know, I mean, uh, so I'm like, well, this is the fifth time I've called about these two sprites. And uh, she's like, well, my delivery guy person said they delivered them. I'm like, well, if they did, they delivered him to the wrong house. They certainly didn't deliver him to me. Right. I've been sitting on my porch for almost three hours now yeah, yeah. waiting for these sprites. And, yeah. you know, and she's, she's like, um, she's like, well, what do you want me to do? I was like, I'd like my sprites. I'd like my drinks, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thirsty and I've been paid for them, you know? Yeah. And how about, how like, about you get your ass in the car and bring them right? to me? Yeah, you know, right? But I did. I was very. I was still very polite. I yeah, was. Yeah. You know, I was a little frustrated, but polite. And um, she's like, "Well, you know, um, you know, well, I, I, I don't. I'm not going to send somebody over there if you're going to yell at my driver." And I'm like, look, I'm not going <laughs> to yell at your driver. Oh my I'm not yelling at you. Uh, I'm not even. <laughs> yeah, this is not even I'm angry. Even, fully angry i'm just right. very frustrated right yeah. now and you're not helping that out i just right. want my drinks yeah and she's like oh, i'm not gonna send anybody over you know yell at my driver i'm like lady i'm not gonna yell at your driver i promise i promise i promise <laughs> oh okay? man so uh finally you know they send the driver over 12 45 i get my how, okay get how long how long's it how long's it been now i placed the order at 9 45 oh man <laughs> three hours. Three hours. Were these two sprites? My food was already cold. I mean, I ate it. It was, but what part of it? But it was cold. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I was just so, you know, so fresh. I was like, yeah. Tell him to look. Tell your driver to, you know, my address. I was like, tell him to look for the tall, uh, big guy with the beard who's looking qu- quite frustrated right. at this point. <laughs> She's like. Okay, you know, so guy comes up, hands me my sprites, and I'm like, dude, thank you. You know, I've been waiting three hours for this, and, uh, you know, just make sure you tell your boss that I did not yell at you. Because, you know, what be emphatic. What did he say? He's like, well, man, hey, I'm sorry about this, dude. If I knew, I would have brought these over to you. Like, I appreciate it, man. So two and different you, two different delivery drivers. Well, well. At least, I mean, according to them, they had sent, yeah. you know, yeah. like three or Ten four people. more. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So anyway, oh. I'll tell you what, dude, I will say this. That first Sprite was the one about the best Sprites oh. I've ever had. Oh, Just yeah. Again, 
anticipation of just because you know I wanted something to drink, and I had and I almost had to work for this. So. Man, they really they really uh, <laughs> held that out there, didn't they? Man, that's they, crazy. Man. Yeah, I don't understand people like. Here's the here's the bottom line. If you're in charge of running a company, you make sure your customers are happy, whatever yeah. that takes. We, we're living in a time, I live in probably one of the worst customer service areas in the country. It's a, you know, very small town. Yeah. Um, just not, not great with customer service. And what's sad is, here's what's sad. We have a lot of chains that have been coming in, Oklahoma-owned chains. They'll mm. come in, they'll set up shop, and what's sad is those are the places you want to go eat because they have yep. people there to make sure things are done properly, you know? Yeah, yeah. As soon as those people leave, it goes mm. to hell in a handbasket, man, yep. every single time. And I've I've been on that end of it as customer service representative, and I, I consider that to be anybody that's a manager of a place, you know? That's your number one. If you have a person in, in charge that isn't good with people, they shouldn't be yeah. in charge. That's the yeah. bottom line. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, look, I've worked retail uh, a, just a, a lot of my life, yes. you know, in yes. various different situations. And my... My I specialized was you know my specialty was customer service yeah from being just the guy behind the counter to being you know an owner of a business yeah yeah and you always you know you try to make things right by the customer yeah you know you try to keep them calm and you try to keep the, doing what's right by them yep especially if somebody under you has messed things up you apologize profusely and you take care of it so anyway exactly. Exactly. So that was fun. That was a fun yeah, weekend. That was that was that's what I wanted to do on my Saturday night. <laughs> Sit on my but, porch watching drunk college kids walk by. I did have fun. I did have fun once with the uh, there's some kids walking by and they're looking for a party and uh, they're yelling out Mario, Mario. You know because they're looking for I guess they're looking for Mario. Mario. Kids play. Yeah. They're like Mario. And I yelled back, Polo, and like one of them started laughing. <laughs> one of them started laughing. One of them freaked out. Was like, oh, where the fuck did that come from? You know, so I had fun doing. That was fun because it sounded like Marco Polo. That's great. That's exactly what I was gonna say when you said that. I'm like, that reminds me of being in the pool. Exactly, Mar- Marco dude. Polo. Marco Polo, dude. Wow. Fish wow. out of water. Fish out of water, man. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn, man. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. That sucks. Hey. Well, but you know. uh you know that's uh made that sprite taste good though right it was dude i'm telling you Delicious. it was good i just the nectar of the gods at that particular moment the uh the sprite challenge that they have they've been doing on tiktok uh where oh, pe- yeah. where people down the bottles of sprite and then because of the carbonation load they, they can't help but just you know burp cre- yeah, yeah create these huge burps I've been enjoying that lately. So yeah, yeah, isn't, yeah. You try isn't like a sixteen ounce. You try to yeah, chug down it. a six chug a sixteen yep. ounce and not burp or something. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, that's classic. One guy he can't burp at all. Like he's he claims that he's never burped in his life, and he drinks like one and a partial of another one, dude. And he can't burp. Huh. He doesn't burp. So I don't know. It's huh. crazy. I'd be burping all over the place, man. Well, he, it's got to come out somewhere. So you know, <laughs> it doesn't come out top. You know who's no stranger to uh, adventures? Who's that, Barry? It's our guest today, Sam. He's our old buddy. We brought him back. He's got one yep. that is uh, just a great, uh, a great time always with Sam. 
Yep. To be fair, uh, actually, we were doing some spring cleaning here at the What You Word Story podcast office, and uh, we found, we discovered this gem. We forgot about it um, because when we talk to Sam, we usually get at least two or three episodes worth of stories. Yeah. Um, and this is one we found from uh, it's from two years ago, almost exactly that we spoke to him, um, and uh, so it was still it was early on in the COVID days, and um, Sam was stuck in Oklahoma, and sadly, uh, still is in Oklahoma, has not been able to get back to his is he still here wife in China? Yeah, wow, yeah, dude, I didn't know that. A, he made a post on his Facebook uh, page a couple of days ago, like eight hundred days. St- that he's been here. Oh so. man, I'm sorry I, to hear that. Yeah, man. so hopefully we can all listen to this and Sam some positive energy, and then he can find his way that he can get back to um, to, to China to his wife and back to you know being with separated. That's got to be one of the hardest things. Oh, has I to can't. Be. I can't even imagine. But definitely, man. But it's always fun to talk to Sam. He's always got great stories. And they're always, you know, there's a weirdness just about them uh, because Sam's involved. But today's story is, I guess you would say it's his weird hobby. Yeah. And it's one I had never heard of before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's called it's hashing, um, which <clears throat> immediately you might think <laughs> hashing. hashing, Sam, <laughs> yeah. hashing, Sam, hashing. Yeah. It's not that kind of hash. It's not the hashish. Um, yeah, it's it a race, right? It's it's well, it's it's just it seems like it's running. Uh, it's 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 kind of like a race. It's kind of, but it involves running and then consuming uh, alcohol. Consuming alcohol at the <laughs> yeah, end, yeah. So you know, there that's that's what got Sam in into it, of and uh, he's he's going to tell us all about um, all about the ha- hashing and the hash world, and uh, some of his experiences on it and. They are. They're just. It's. They're hilarious, and we, we're also fortunate that our good buddy, and special correspondent, resident Bigfoot expert and voice of the listener Jeff Hubbard was along on this particular interview as well. So, without further ado, Sam, thanks for talking to us once again. What's your weird story? Let's kick it off with the hash. And people out there in Weirdsville, this is not the drug you are thinking it is. I refer to the Hash House Harriers. Uh, We are a drinking club with a running problem. And this is, if you listen to the Osaka story, man, this is one of the reasons I stayed in Asia as long as I have. I mean, I'm, I'm trapped in Oklahoma right now. Thank you, coronavirus, but I still technically live over there. But uh, yeah, it, it was this this thing that's been around since 1938, man. Uh, and, and so, like a quick breakdown on its history. And this is actually, I, I got an email the other day from the Soul Hash House Harriers, which was one of my main groups in Korea that I ran with. And we used to give out little business cards to promote our kennel. And on the back end of it, the back end of it, the back side of it, it had a short history. You said you call. I'm sorry. You say you call it a kennel. Yeah. The, so they're they're called chapters. They're called clubs. They're called kennels. They're called houses. Uh, okay. Each group kind of 
it, we, we don't have the uniformity necessarily that you would find like in Boy Scouts or 4-H or, you know, more organized, less alcoholic groups like those. Right, uh, so right. Yeah, and, and it differs country to country, even city to city and even within the same city. Um, so this started back in 1938 in December in Selangor, then in the Federated Malay States, now Malaysia, when a group of British colonial officers and expatriates began meeting on Monday evenings to run in a fashion patterned after the traditional British paper chase or hare and hounds to rid themselves of the excesses of the previous weekend. The original members included Albert Stephen A.S. Ignatius G. Gisbert. Cecil Lee, Frederick Horse Thompson, Ronald Torch Bennett, and John Woodrow. Gisbert suggested the name Hash House Harriers after the Selangor Club Annex, where several of the original hashers happened to live and dine, also known as the Hash House. After the end of World War II, an attempt to reorganize the city of Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, they were informed by their registrar societies that as a quote-unquote group, they would require a constitution. Apart from the excitement of chasing the hare and finding the trail, harriers reaching the end of the trail would partake of beer, ginger beer, and cigarettes. The objectives of the Hash House Harriers, as recorded on the club registration card dated 1950, to promote physical fitness among our members, to get rid of weekend hangovers, to acquire a good thirst and to satisfy it in beer, to persuade the older members that they are not as old as they feel. Nice. <laughs> so that was hashing. It was just these you know, British expats that were more or less trying to figure out how to get over today's hangover and work into tonight's drunk. And so the paper chase, they would have these people selected to be the hares, and they would go out and they would make a trail with uh, clumps of flour, just regular, you know, from your kitchen, a bag of flour. And the rest of the pack, the, the hounds, they would, after a certain amount of time, would have to go out and try and chase down the hare and try and catch them if it was what we call a live trail. Sometimes it's a, a dead trail where they've pre-laid it and the hare is already back. And they just have to find their way. And every kennel has different marks that they use, usually a, a mixture of circles and X's and arrows uh, that have special meanings within that group. And then you have to use those to find your way back to the start point. Or we have a, that's an A to A run sometimes or A to B where you end someplace different. And so it just it started from that. And so that was 1938, and then in uh, around that time and through the first half of the 40s, an angry little asshole of an Austrian kind of screwed up the world for a while with his Japanese buddies. And so the hash died. And after the war, some of these guys that had been a part of it back in the day were still out in Asia, and uh, some of they were down in Singapore at this point. And so they're like, hey, remember that thing we did before you know, millions of people died in that war? Uh, they brought it back in Singapore, which we call the second cradle of hashdom. And it all exploded out of there across the world. And it gets taken around. It's been taken around by expats to wherever they've ended up. Uh, every branch of the U.S. military has been very instrumental in carrying it around in different cities and ports around the world and bringing it back to the States. So like an FTD. <laughs> Just like an FTD. <laughs> and, and, and it's true because it, 
it, it flares up once in a while. It goes away. It comes back. Some some are really old. Uh, the the Soul Hash, the group that I ran a lot with in Korea, started in 1972 and have not missed a week in that time. Wow. So they're up in their 2,500th run or so uh, to mark the you know 2,500 or so weeks that they've been doing this. Some of them over time have died out. Uh, they come back. For instance, the, the shirt that I'm wearing today is from the club that my wife and I started up in northeast China, the Xinjiang Hash, which kind of died when we left because we really had trouble getting like good numbers up there to keep it going after I came back over here. How long are these runs? Them, it depends. It depends on who's setting the trail, the weather. Uh, I've, I've been on some that are like almost 10 kilometers long. I've wow. been on some that are a quick mile. It, it all it all depends on the hairs. Uh, a good friend of mine, Vagabond. So all, all the hashers have nicknames. And my buddy Vagabond, he didn't believe in stairs, up or down. So Korea is this place that's like the size of Indiana, half the size of Oklahoma, and it's 70% uninhabitable mountainside. So there's not a lot of flat in Korea. Right. And yet this guy would still, you know, we'd manage to go out together drinking soju throughout the entire laying of the trail and never manage to hit stairs, and which is an absolute challenge in Korea. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been in... Korea for a little while, and my brother Cooter, he went to Shanghai a few months, five months after I went to Korea to do a six-month internship at this super fancy hotel restaurant in the Pudong, which then was like the new up-and-coming, like uber-rich district of Shanghai. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Cooter's also got some really interesting. Crazy! Both of these hair, these uh, not herrings. I have a, a Sam Herring is a other friend. Nearing so close. Uh, both of these nearing boys have had just these weird landing in the right place at the right time, kind of like lives and careers that they've built. Like when Cooter went to Hawaii and got a job writing for one of the most well-known tourist books there, just because like he was partying with some dude who like. Lived there or and wrote those books, published those books, and that's how Cooter had a job and and just crazy shit like that. But like, uh, but yeah, they, both of you guys have these, these just wild love. But I guess it's also your family too because your your dad and your mom both have just amazing stories. So, but anyway, uh, back to the story at hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, I agree, man. It's a, it's a whole family thing, man. We've we've all stumbled into our weirdness over the years. Uh, yeah, so Cooter moves over to China, and he emails me one day in the summer about this thing that I need to check out called the hash. And I was like, "Well, dude, that's you know that's what we did during college. No, 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 <laughs> that kind of hash, buddy boy." And so he gives like a brief explanation, and he'd gone on. Now this is back in two thousand two, so like you know the internet was but a wisp of what it would become. And so he had like hunted down some information for the South side, South side hash in Seoul. And he was like, man, this is how you find these ninjas on Sunday. And, and, you know, you should go do this. So it took me a little while. And I, I finally did. Cause my, at that point, my weekends were pretty, <clears throat> pretty locked up. I, I was sort of DJing at this really funky 
girly was they were trying not to be a girly bar but she wasn't succeeding very well in that and uh i was sort of dating the owner ish but yeah i just i spent the every weekend was just spent out all night long in itaewon the, the big foreigners area in seoul and um so making out sunday morning at 11 a.m for this thing was not high on my list so i finally get out and and uh, they they used to meet at 11 a.m. They used to meet at 11 a.m. on Sundays in front of the KFC there in Itaewon, and they'd all journey. A lot of people had cars back then, and uh, so we'd either car or subway to the start points, and with coolers of beer and snacks and stuff. And so I met them, and we went way south of town this morning, and had this great run through these woods where there's like lots of barbed wire. There's foxholes for where the military practices their stuff. Uh, it's just, it was a pretty interesting time. They had some rotisserie chickens that they'd scored from the, uh, the army headquarter PX there, the commissary. And so, yeah, it was pretty nice. The people were pretty darn cool. And it's like, yeah, I'll do that again. And of course I, I got back into my old stuff and it just, it took me a while to do it. So I finally showed up months later and it was at the same spot, but of course that's the only time I'd ever been in that far south of the city on the subways. I didn't, you know, I didn't have it written down. I didn't remember where it was, and I got off the wrong subway stop. And I'm calling like, guys, hey, hey, and they're like, you know, you got off the wrong subway stop. Keep going. And at this point, I had already almost walked the distance to the proper subway stop. It was around the corner, and I couldn't see it. So I get back somewhere and go down there. They've all taken off. They've loaded their gear in the cars that were there. And now at this point, you know, I, I barely remember the first one because, of course, we've been drinking. And, and it was all it was new and it was a flash. And there was so many you know, dozens of people there. It was just it was just a lot of stuff going on to comprehend in one go, uh, especially with the South Side, man. It was, it was a good party hash. And uh so I was like, all right, man, I know there's some arrows to follow, something, I'll figure it out. So I, I walked out in the woods and like threw my backpack under some, I think it was, it was like a nasty mattress or some bushes or some shit, and just <laughs> took off. And of course, I couldn't figure out where they started. They, they usually have what, and it begins with what they call the chalk talk. And that's where they lay out the marks they're going to be used that day, maybe special information, and some Korean had parked over it after they'd left. So I didn't know where the actual start of the trail was. I just went randomly off into the woods. I uh, had to like crawl under some fences, roll down some stuff. Some of it might have been areas that still had landmines. Uh, I finally, so you just, as so they're you just loading like, the last of the crap in the cars. Okay, so you just you did you have did you just intuit a, a direction that they went, or did you just like start taking off and and just hope to the winds that you know you find you find where they were going or to just feel completely blind like that well there were there's like a handful of tra actual like trails and dirt roads that went out from there so the chances are fairly good i was going possibly the right way whether i was going the same direction that they had gone or i was circling around and gonna meet them head on okay um, okay but yeah, it was none of the above. I occasionally saw some marks. I I got really screwed up and messed around on trail. Came back in. They just loaded the last of everything back in the cars and were leaving. I'm like, hey, it's you guys. <laughs> um, so a few more months would go by. It wouldn't be until March of 03 that I came back out for another trail. And 
I guess, well, I'd run into a couple of the guys, Taxi Ho, who had become one of my really close brothers early on. Uh, so all the hashers have nicknames. Right. So you're going to hear a lot of weird names. So Taxi Ho, uh, I ran into him one night at some bar in Evil One, and he was like, yeah, man, you got to come back to the hash. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll do that. And, and I did. And from that moment on in March, man, I was just in love with the whole scene and to the point where I was getting off work on Fridays and I would go take the a series of trains and buses down like an hour or so south of the city to where Taxi Ho lived. Uh, at the, that point, it was a smaller army camp. He, he was a, a, one of our gentlemen in green and uh, Camp Humphreys was a s- smaller-ish. I mean, it was big for, compared to the 30 or so bases we had at the time, but it wasn't the headquarters, it, although it is now. And so he lived down there and that's where he was stationed and they were on the third or fourth incarnation. Like I said, you know, like an STD, man, it comes and goes. Uh, third or fourth incarnation of the OTH4, the over-the-hump hash house harriers. And so they would run on Friday nights. So I'd go down there, and we'd do trail. And it was usually a, a bit of a smaller group. And we'd, you know, drink our butts off until some wee hour in the morning. And we could all crash at his place if we didn't – for the, the military kids that didn't want to go back to base – because this is still, we're 14, 15, no, March, we're a year and a half from 9-11, but they've still got military curfews. So they would use right. me as a runner a lot of times at night. You know, this is back when I had hair down on my butt still. And so, yeah, they'd throw a handful of cash at me and say, nut, go get more beer, go get street food. So, yeah, I, I was their, their one safe runner because it was all military down there. And we'd get up in the morning and we would get in his car and drive insanely fast on the interstate number one all the way back into the city to meet the Yongsan hash house carriers for wherever they were doing their 10 a.m. run. We'd get crazy with them. And then in the afternoon, we had a choice to make. Do we go back down south of where Taxi lives for the Osan Bulgogi hash house carriers? Or do we stay after the Yongsan kimchi hash and go to the men-only soul hash? Uh, and then, you know, where we're going to party at afterwards. And then the Southside hash on Sunday morning was in the city. So I, I was doing from Friday night to Sunday afternoon, I was doing four hashes a weekend. Wow. All just like living out of a bag at this dude's house or wherever hashes are <laughs> super open people. So there was always a place to crash. You know, somebody would always just let everybody pass out at their place. You know, if I've got couch and floor space, it's yours. And, uh, so I, I did that for a long, long time. Wow. And that, that was how I got into it, man. That that was like once I started doing that full weekend thing, I was just in hook, line, and drinker. That's awesome, man. That's <laughs> weird. I've never heard of that. I've, yeah. I would have thought I would have heard of that somewhere along the line, but yeah. never. You would have thought, too. Yeah, dude. But like, especially, you know, you've done some world traveling. You've yeah. done all that. But like, uh, yeah, Sam was the only person that I knew who, um, you know, has has been into the hash, of the running hash. I guess Cooter, his brother. I didn't know Cooter. But I'd heard about it first from, from you, Sam. And then, um, but yeah, I, I'd never heard about it before. And, I, and it's, I guess it seems like it's just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's here, at least it's not here in the States that we know about. And it seems like it would be something that we would know about because, you know, people here like to run and really people like to drink. So, you know, I mean, 
Maybe we're doing our, 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 our we're spreading the hash gospel. I guess sure maybe a little bit here. So we're we're in most every city in the world. Most every major, sorry, major city in the world. We're not in Pyongyang, North Korea yet. Right. Uh, all you got to do, you know, boot up your computer, put in that hard disk with the DOS operating system, and look up on Bing or Ask Jeeves. You know, just put in your your city and hash or H three as we're commonly abbreviated. And yeah, you H3. might want to push put running in or something like that instead of just. You know, oh, no. for a hash, because, you know, again, you might get the sticky icky. Yeah, we're, we're, you might we're, get we're well infiltrated on the net now that you really don't have to do a hash house harrier in a city or a state or a country. Uh, but even here in Oklahoma, there is at least there's an active kennel in OKC and Tulsa, and there may or may not still be one down in Lawton. Huh. Right. And, oh, and speaking of work. speaking of the Oklahoma City uh, kennel. Uh, I, this was probably five or six years ago. I was at home in the evening. I was watching the news and, or I was just watching network TV and all of a sudden across the bottom of the screen, it said, uh, the Oklahoma city arts festival has been closed as, uh, some unknown people ran through throwing a white powder. And so they were concerned that there was anthrax or something being thrown. And it's, I heard it and I was like, that sounds like Sam's, the hair is right. laying a trail. And they, they, and so it turned out they did, they caught up with this individual. And that person was um, a member of the Oklahoma city hash and they had, were laying a trail through the arts festival and scared the shit out of everybody. Wow. Yep. Yeah, the, the anthrax wow. scare really screwed up the hash, man. And there, there are a lot of stories throughout. Like uh, in the states, you'll find them in the big cities that have like the Oklahoma Gazette, your your free papers and stuff. That that was a fun thing for them to write up for a while. We were blips on the you know city news in a lot of places. Uh, in Korea, and I don't know why I didn't make the run, but uh, one of my really good friends there, they used to run around with Taxi Ho and I, and then uh, Cherry Ho and uh, they just guy named Eager Beaver. He's just Kanukistanian, little tiny marathon runner. He used to win marathons in Korea. And he was a hardcore drinker partier with me. And so he was also a teacher. And after I moved to the university after that Osaka trip, he was not that far down the road for me as far as like being outside of Seoul goes. And we used to hang out a lot together. And to the point where like most of our nights would end with me throwing him over my shoulder or carrying, doing like a fireman carry. <laughs> he would just drink himself to oblivion. Um, but he was laying trail from a subway station to a start point to get the hashers there. Because usually like we don't, we try sometimes in certain areas not to be like right in your face, you know, a subway station entrance where there's like families and stuff. We, we try to avoid that. Right. And so he'd right. been laying trail with the flower and out of the subway station exit and somebody called on him. And in Korea, there are just these weird little like racist stereotype things they have. Everybody who is black is from Africa. Uh, an another good friend of mine that used to run around on that same cruise, uh, her name is Countessa of Anal Crisco. And we would be running together on trail. And the, the children, 
they would see a white guy and they go, oh, miguk saram, miguk saram. They see her and they go, apraka, apraka saram. Miguk is their word for America. Saram is person. They say, oh, American person. All white people are American. Right. And uh, all black people are African. And so, of course, she knows apraka saram because she hears it all the time. So, I'm from fucking Dallas. <laughs> I love that she was so funny. Uh, so, Beaver, no matter what he said, he was obviously an American soldier. Because he had shorter hair, you know. So they called in uh, the Korean uh, Korean police, Korean military, hazmat crew. The U.S. military got called in. You know, he's like trying to show his ID that says he's not American. Like he has a, a Korean alien uh, work ID on him. So you, obviously you can't have this as an American soldier. <laughs> and it was just nonsense to say, you know, they came in. It was just this whole and they finally got it cleaned up. But yeah, that, that kind of crap has happened around the world with the, excuse me, with the hash post 9-11. Sure. Understandable. Hey, everybody. You're listening to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. You probably knew that already because you're listening or downloaded to the episode off of your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever place you get your podcast from. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to remind you to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, make sure that you get your new podcast episode every week. We'd also like to ask you to rate and review so that we can grow our audience and we can have more friends. We can have more stories. So thanks for listening to What's Your Weird Story. So, uh, so what? What is your hash nickname, Sam? What's yours? So my hash names. Uh, every kennel, as I said, is a little bit different, and for the most part, once you've been named at one kennel, the other ones will just go with that. But the Korean kennels were all very interconnected, and they they just like to drink and have fun. And so a lot of them would rename people. Uh, Yongsan Kimchi Hash would rename people regardless. Southside would give you the option. Osan would rename you. And then, of course, it, it you'd get some good names out of it, but at the same time, it was kind of a waste because a lot of people come up with the same – like names get repeated. I've met a lot of fat bastards over the years. Thanks, Austin Power. Uh, <laughs> right. So you get these repeats. And so, like, don't 
if, if I've got a name that I stick with, it always felt kind of bad to see like them throw away a good name on somebody. But uh, my first naming was at Southside, which is uh, the first place you ever hash is what we call your mother hash, your mother kennel. So I, I'm a Southsider for life, baby. And I am named Nut and Bone, as as all you out there in Radio Land can see me hold up my Nut and Bone around my neck or my, my monogram <laughs> Korean hash not, vest. Not, not his actual Nut and Bone, but his actual <laughs> Nut and Bone. But you know me well enough that were I ever to have an opportunity to have my Nut and a Bone on a chain around my neck, I absolutely would. Um, <laughs> For those who can't see Sam is in his uh, full regalia, he has. Uh, uh, okay, there's his uh, his Russian, Russian hat. hat. Shin Young uh, hash on there. Shin Young hash, and then he's got another. Uh, uh, he's got his beer koozie that's also a necklace. From the yeah, Manila Manila hash koozie with a uh, the jeepney on there that says we don't give one but we know where to find one. On fucking on nineteen seventy two <laughs> from the Manila men's hash. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And then Chinese you got a- vest and t-shirt. Yeah. Soul hash hat shirt. A uh, Beijing beer wrap. Uh, and of course, this is you know the clothes that I travel with. But there, there's like every event has gear. I've got you know, backpacks from China and Korea. Um, <laughs> it, it becomes a thing. So they named me Nut and Bone at the Southside Hash, and then at the Yongsan Hash, Eager Beaver and I got renamed on the same day. He became Bush Pilot. And I became Duncan Doe's nuts because of a uh, Nash hash incident involving Fat Bastard uh, at a army barracks down in Daegu, of all places. But the Osan hash named me Testicles, Testicles, Testicles! <laughs> and at the Wolfpack hash, which is a men's only group up north of uh, Manila. I am named neutered dog wolf fucker because everybody at the wolf pack has to have a dog in their name. Uh, I was also named at the soul PMS hash, which is a rare honor for a man. Cause that is a women's only hash, but everybody was too drunk to remember to write it down. And I also was named at the Shanghai men's bulldog hash during a Nash hash in Shanghai that uh, we also no in Qingdao and again nobody wrote it down and nobody could remember it the next morning <laughs> I've, I've got a handful of names yeah, man that's great uh, that, and that's not altogether normal my mom has two hash names I think Cooter just has TJ Hooker um, but yeah so I got named the, the naming events are a big part of what we call the the circle or the down down. So after you do the trail and uh, and on the trail, there's like false trails, there's checkpoints and it's a game you've got to figure out. And so once you get done with all this, there's cold beer and, and softies waiting for you at the end, maybe some food, snacks, whatever. And once everybody comes in and gets settled, we have this thing called circle and we, we all get in this big circle as the name suggests and Hold on, I think I know where this is going, and I don't know if this is. <laughs> we put the crackers in the middle. Crack, yeah, is there a cracker in there? <laughs> right, somewhere? right. Yeah, okay. I was the cracker of the day. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I was standing in this big circle, and 
there's somebody there. There are positions in each hash. And again, kennel to kennel, they vary. <clears throat> the hat that's on my head that they can't see today uh, is my grandmaster hat from the year that I was honored to run the soul hash in 2015-16. Uh, I've been the, the GF, the grand facilitator of the Southside hash uh, and full of times. GM of the Shenyang hash while I was up there doing that. Uh, and I am the eternal religious advisor to the Southside hash because I I was it for so long and they never thought I would leave Korea. So they're just like, look, instead of voting for it, let's just make him the eternal RA. And so usually, again, depending on which hash, one of those people will run the circle. And that involves bringing folks up. Like, let's say if, if this was our hash today, I'd say, all right, you know, Mr. Goki. <laughs> You were today's hair, so come on up for laying that shitty trail because all trails are inherently shitty. And so we sing some songs. Definitely leave a really <laughs> shitty short trail and be just like, okay, I'm going to go down to the block and then cross the street, and then come back down and cross the street halfway through. And and then, then there we go. That would be, and then time for drink and snacks. So <laughs> that's, 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 my, that's my hash there. So. There you go. Well, then we're going to call you up and we're going to sing you a song and and we're going to ask for comments from the pack about today's trail and what we thought about it. And uh, then we're going to we'll sing you a song. And you'll have to drink a beverage of your choice. We do not force people to drink alcohol. I mean, most of us are drinkers, but there are, you know, we usually have water or cola or something. And, and there are actually like uh, Morocco has a non-drinking hash where they sit. I've heard they sip tea after the trail. Yeah, but they uh, also smoke hash in Morocco. So, <laughs> yeah, there, there are dry hashes. I don't know. Uh, that would be God. That would be that would be nuts. I've definitely smoked it yeah. after a few hashes. Uh, <laughs> Morocco, though. Uh, so then we bring up the again. Every hash is different, man. You might bring up the the FRB, the front running bastard or front running bitch, the first person who finished the trail, the LRB, the last running bastard or bitch, the person who came in last and made us wait. I would uh, be the eternal LRB. <laughs> I think that would be my name. Um, I also would probably get a mobility scooter or something like that instead of actually running. Um, I would have lots of names too, but they would all be really derogatory about you're not doing this right. You're <laughs> <laughs> well, the names go to like a lot of what people know about you too. So, you know, if, if you were to hash with us and, you know, God only knows what wretched stories, you know, I would bring up, Hubbard would bring up, mm-hmm. Coot, you know, just people, they, they'll ask for stories. So if you don't know anybody, then it doesn't work out that well most of the time. So they they usually wait for you to do six runs. It's not a standard at most kennels. <clears throat> but a lot of them are like, all right, get six runs and let's see what we can do for you. So then they'll call you up and, and some hashes, they do it to your face and they let people suggest names and they vote on them. Some of them, uh, the soul hash, when we do namings, the name is already done by the onsec and they bring it up and we announce it. Uh, YK, you know, Southside would give you a bunch of beer and send you away while they debated it. Or no, sorry, why, uh, yeah, Youngsun would do that. Southside, we did it to your face out of a lack of respect. So they'll they'll put you up there and they'll say, all right, Mr. Barry, today is your sixth hash. Uh, so today you get to earn your hash name. It'll carry you on throughout the rest of your life. And they'll ask some simple questions about you. 
they'll maybe put it to the pack to see if they've got any questions or any stories they want to hear. And then we, you know, open the floor for nominations and we review and we vote and hopefully pick something trying to find a, we try to strike this balance between something that's interesting, hopefully unique and maybe a little bit offensive, but not enough that like you're never going to come back because, you know, we named you incestual grandma vagina lick or something. <laughs> something got yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Is that it another is. name that you got? That's my name. No, no, no. It's one of the forgotten names there. But we we have had people that that were like just so taken aback by their name that they've left. I mean, luckily that is super rare because yeah, if you've been with the hash six times, you kind of have an idea what's going on with it, and and uh, you know, wasn't it's, there one 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 of your wife's friends named something like uh, or like what was. It? But bed springs or something like that. Jammies and bed springs. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems very suggestive of that. Uh, oh, we we are a very suggestive group. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's 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 also Balcock Dumper. I think I Balcock met Balcock Dumper. BCD. Did I meet? <laughs> would he come to my parents' house one time? Balcock Dumper. Yeah, I think your did, mom did, may have called up. He was here for <laughs> days. Yeah, we went yeah, around. Yeah, I'm, I met him. But nope. what, what's your favorite, your t- Sam? What's your favorite uh, hash name? Uh, you know, one of the the best ones you've heard. So I'm I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna swell my chest with pride and then deflate with anger and disappointment. Uh, it's actually one of the names that I gave out, and a lot of people like they they will remember like the people they introduced to the hash, or if they were lucky enough to name somebody to hash, they'll remember that stuff. <clears throat> so I, I named this amazing young lady that was coming out to Southside. Uh, and we had gone on, we used to do a lot of road tripping in Korea and we had gone down South to, I think that was a Koje trip with uh, cherry hose van. And I think was that the one we'd borrowed another van we but we had a good group of people in two vehicles and we went down south and just had a great weekend and this young lady came up for her naming and with the group that was traveling with us we kind of knew that there it was going to be no holds barred weekend i mean these are people that have like seen each other naked we've we vomited on each other i mean these are people that i was really tight with it was a really good crew and so this young lady came up for her naming and so some questions were thrown out, and and she was a very sweet, funny woman, uh, not quite as pervy as the rest of us, but she wasn't offended by it either. And so at one point, I was drunk enough to ask if she'd if she'd ever tasted of her own womanly juices. <laughs> And she said she had. And so I suggested, and it was voted for and won. She got named Cannibal Cunt. <laughs> so, my oh woman, my Cherry God. Ho. Cherry Ho is one of my longest best friends at the hash. I was best man at his wedding in Manila. I, I'm godfather to his youngest daughter. Uh, when he. A couple months back, he moved from Manila to back to Korea for a new job, and he actually mailed my mother and I. Uh, a lot of people, like when they leave country, they make like on out patches or on out shirts to like, you know, commemorate their leaving. So he had these shirts made for the Manila hash, 
and he mailed one from Korea to my mother and myself, which my mother is the only woman in the world who has one, not even his wife. Um, <laughs> he, he, he knows mom, really, mom and grandma, I should say, knows her quite well. And um, he's just, he's an amazing guy. Like you, you know, I've, I've known you, Jeff and Goki, I've known you for many years now, decades now. You, you guys would love him. He's just, he's a really funny, intelligent guy that, you know, he's just, he's a great dude. And he was very taken aback by this naming. <laughs> so when it came time to load up and head back north, we had separated these two vehicles and his vehicle had CC with him. And he didn't like the name, so they did a renaming while in the van. So when we stopped for lunch halfway home, they came out and announced that they had renamed her Naughty Nut. Um, and so, yeah, it was the best name I've ever given, and I think it's the only one that's ever been like retracted less than two or three hours later. <laughs> well, so, I, I love that naming. <sighs> <laughs> I can see why. I don't think Naughty Nut was a, a good substitute, but uh, I mean, and they could have just kept it as CC and left it and then not, you know, said anything. But, you know, but yeah, I can see that maybe, maybe that might be somewhere in some certain circles <laughs> where that possibly could be considered a little bit, I don't know bad taste or offensive or something like that. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put my mind and, you know, look at it from other people's perspective. Of course, oh, yeah. cause it's, whew, that's a loaded one right there. I mean, yeah. really, <laughs> but it's, it's been great. They, they do these big events around the world. Uh, they go from anywhere from like state or regional wide to international. So like part of, my whole being back here this spring, mom and I were supposed to go down to Trinidad, Tobago for the Interhash event, which is held every other year. And they get thousands of hashers from around the world to descend upon whatever city was voted in last Interhash to host. Uh, and of course, that, that got canceled, put off for a couple of years. But they do, uh, there's like the uh, Southeast Asia hash. There's the Inner Americas, Inner Europe. Uh, Nash hash is shorthand for national hash. So they're like the, the Korea, Korea, even though most of our hashing is centered Seoul-ish area, we still do our big Nash hash event where it's almost two weeks of at least one hash a day, every day. Wow. Um, if you can complete them all, you become an Iron Man hasher and get a special <laughs> edition shirt. Nice. I, I've been a handful of the Chinese Nash hashes, and yeah, and each year, you know, it moves around. So I was in Shenzhen a year and a half ago. I've done the uh, Tianjin and uh, Beijing, uh, Qingdao ones. Yeah, it's just you, you meet a lot of people, and so like you, you start traveling on the hash. Like every anytime I go anywhere, like I'm googling like what event. Oh, I'm going to be in Thailand next month. What's happening there? And you know, you got people to uh, call up and see. You know, where, where's the trail at next Wednesday for your group, or what's going on Sunday? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just they're they're an amazing group of people. There's a lot of uh, family involved with it. That's cool. That's and, awesome, man. And, and you've gone to you know, when you go to these cities, Sam. Don't you'll meet up with these people and then you'll stay the night with them or whatever. And 
uh, they'll open their couch up and and oh, just, yeah. just let you in. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've traveled around. I've had airport pickups thanks to the hash. I uh, one of my last like my last big trip to Qingdao when I was single. This guy named Clam Terrorist from Australia that I'd met a few times. He put me up at his house in a spare bedroom for a week. Uh, I, well, uh, the blah, there's another hash that goes on once a year called the Fuck It Hash. Former hashers of Korea in transit. And it's oh, one. Yeah, I that, thought this might be some kind of a. Oops, sorry, <laughs> I, I, I thought that might be some kind of a swingers hash. <laughs> you're, you're waiting for me to cross that line. It's not, <laughs> at some point, there's gonna be like some really dirty crap here. No, uh, these are just people that at some point in their lives have hashed in Korea, and they meet up once a year. Uh, my mom's done a couple of them here. Actually, she's done like three of them now because she's she hashed before I did. She hashed visiting Cooter in Shanghai before I ever did it. She's hashed with me in Korea. Uh, we've gone hashing here in the States together. Uh, so we did a fuck it. Uh, usually it's like Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend. But one time they did it over New Year's in Vegas. And so we went up together for that and just had a crazy time. Uh, throwing, like, following these trails where they were literally throwing flour through the casinos. Oh, wow. And we lost track of them at one point around the Hard Rock, and it had gone through the lobby. But I couldn't figure out where it went. And so I ran into a cleaning lady, one of the custodians there, and I'm like, so did you happen to see any like white powder, like some flour? He's like, Oh yeah, clean that up. I thought it might be anthrax. Like, Oh Jesus. (laughs) Part of me is like wanting to say, thank you for not calling the cops. Right. Part of me is like, don't say cops and anthrax together. Uh, Yeah. You get, you get in these great trips and you get in these great people. We stayed at a, my friend, my, my friend pump friction who was stationed there at the time. And, there were two groups of people that night, like one headed out a little, not early. I mean, it was after midnight. Then there was, you know, my group that stayed till whenever. And a bunch of us slept at this guy pump friction's house. Of course he was one of the, the late people too. So when my mom got there, she's like, screw it. I'm sleeping in the bed. Damn it. So pump always likes to joke about how he slept with my mom. Cause he got home and he's like, there's only one person in my bed. I'm sleeping in my bed too. So yeah, he <laughs> slept with that's mom. <laughs> there's a lot of shared bed, a lot of uh, Walton's family kind of stuff. His floor was just packed with people. I mean, it just, if, if we open our homes, my mom's a, Technically, this place is a hash hotel on I-40. Hashers that I were I knew were traveling here, I've sent them her way to hang out for a night or two. Um, yeah, you, just, you get into this community, and I, there's just people around the world that I could go visit right now and know I I can stay with them at least for a little while, some longer than others, I know. Yeah. Uh, Cherry Ho back in Korea, he's like, dude, come just live with me. You do my ironing and uh, I'll give you a beer in a free room. <laughs> really? You know how much I drink. I don't know that smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E-O dash W-E-I-R-D dash S-T-O-R-Y and that'll take you right there. I mean, you can never own enough clothing. Well, that's true, Barry. There's t-shirts for the ladies because, you know, they're cut differently. There's hoodies, which are really cool. There's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff. That's so cool, man. So if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com, what's your weird story? Currently, there are two designs, but there will be more going up very soon soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors yeah that's good stuff that's cool what what about this uh what about this other story i was wanting to hear that's related to the hash I, i don't know how to segue into it uh well we've already mentioned one of the participants names my brother jammies a jammy you're talking about the the lobster yeah yeah Yeah. so this guy jammies that lived not that far from me when i was at the university which i mean i was as far east of seoul as you could be and still be considered a suburb i was on the fringes of the universe and i learned that this guy jammies lived north of me and he hashed quite a few places around the world he's from florida ish uh, he's hashed around the States, and we just really clicked his whole family. Uh, his wife, Vero, is just this incredible woman, and and I kind of was like their oldest son. They they had a, a very young son and daughter at the time. The, the son was old enough that he was trained to say, Richard, white can. And Richard would go off to the fridge and bring you a can of cast beer, Korea's biggest selling beer, because it was in a white can. So, Richard, white can. <laughs> even if he knew... If you knew Uncle Nut was coming, you know, the doorbell rings. It's Uncle Nut. He'd like run off to the fridge and he'd meet me at the door with a beer. It didn't matter what time of day I showed up. <laughs> you know, little rich got me a beer. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of kids, but man, I love their kids. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I guess I like all toddlers who want to get me drunk, but uh, I mean, I, I slept at their place a lot, dined with them. Just they incredible incredible people so one day after the south side hash over at the nambu bus terminal area by the soul art center on the south side of town they, they've got this beautiful art center complex thing where they they do like i think they have opera theater there there's an art museum i've seen a, a salvador dolly exhibition there which salvador is my my man my favorite artist of all time uh go figure and um, <laughs> Uh, on the south side of this complex, it's just mountains and stuff. There's some really nice Buddhist temples up in there. Just incredible. I keep saying incredible today. <laughs> Lots of amazing trails. And it's a very popular hash place for all of the big Seoul kennels. I've run there with Seoul, with Yongsan, with Southside. Uh, we, we've all gone through there and used it. And 
so we were out there with Soul ha- Southside Hash one Sunday, and we got done, and it's early afternoon, and people were bugging off to go home, and Jamie's didn't want to end the party. And his wife, she was at home with the kids, and she had told me to look after my husband today, which I really shouldn't be put in charge of anybody at any age, <laughs> especially not a guy who likes I, to I, I, can att- I can attest to this for Sam. Uh, yeah, so. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sam shouldn't be. Sam is the one who really needs. Uh, needs he needs a watch. Who watches the Watchmen in that scenario? I think is what needs. <laughs> yeah. so somebody exactly. Needs. <laughs> so we we finish the trailer. Like, what's going on next? And in this area, there's always a, a little truck that serves uh, kimchi and tofu and. Like just fresh stuff. So we stopped in there for a snack of that and some makgeolli, which is the it's a Korean rice drink that's got a little bit of carbonation to it. And we, we always call it Korean sport drink. It's like four or five percent alcohol. Uh, and they sell one of these big, like, you know, larger than a liter plastic bottles. And we, we really drink a lot of that stuff. So we did that. And everybody else buggered off. I'm like, man, what now? Well, they've been remodeling, renovating the art center. And in the parking lot where we're next to, they've piled up just all of this furniture. And I guess they're waiting to have have it carted off or stolen or burned, whatever. And even though they were tossing, it was like nicer than anything in my house at the time. So he decided it would be a really funny thing if we utilized my nominal Korean skills to go drink in this little makeshift dumpster area and get a pizza delivered. She's like, dude, none bone. You can definitely like call pizza, and you can tell them like we're at the Soul Arts Center, but you'll have to say it in Korean, and, and you can make pizza happen. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not, man? So I'm like trying to figure out on my flip phone like how to get how to make pizza happen, and it's not working that well. So while I'm doing this, he's pulling off furniture i mean it's piled up really high and he's pulling off pieces and he basically builds us like a living room with two couches and a table and (laughs) it it looked pretty funny again looked better than my house (laughs) can't get any pizza can't get any like fried chicken which koreans love fried chicken they they have more i read something the other day they have more fried chicken joints in korea a country of 50 million people than there are mcdonald's worldwide wow how yeah. true is that? No, That's crazy. It, it sounds I'm logical. Sorry. <laughs> my, my neighborhood That's had sounds... well over a dozen fried chicken joints in it. Wow. And that was long before we ever Kenny got Rogers too, aren't, so, mm-hmm. are, was Kenny Rogers. Was Kenny Rogers, was that a big one there? Yeah. A big, no, uh, Kenny Rogers. Uh, Rogers? Yeah, no, he's still in the Philippines, but he never made it to Korea, or at least he wasn't there in 02 to 17. I know they, they have the colonel. They do have the colonel. Uh, they've got they've had Popeyes for quite a while, but it's mostly homegrown. Uh, the big franchises nationwide are like Pelicana, BHC, BBQ, uh, and Kyochan had the best wings of them all. Yeah, their fried chicken. It, it's if you like fried chicken, it's a religious journey to go to Korea just to eat their fried chicken. I've never had anything like it. <laughs> wow. They did not invent fried chicken, but they perfected wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Old oh. statements. Old statements. Yeah. So. It is, but there's a lot of people who believe it. I am far from alone in that. Sorry, Aishans. <laughs> <laughs> 
You just pissed <laughs> off half of Oklahoma right there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if not well, more. This is the third time I've been on here. If I hadn't pissed off the other half yet, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> Love you, Oklahoma. <laughs> so we, we couldn't find any pizza or chicken that would deliver to us. So we were like, all right, well, we need alcohol. So let's go hunt that down. So we, we had some convenience stores, and we're trying to figure out like what's going on. And because this is the art center is there, it's kind of a nice neighborhood. There's some fancy restaurants. And there was this place, I think it was called the, the North Atlantic Lobster or, or something like that. And it was a like really high-end lobster shop across the street from this parking lot. So... He decided to say screw it, and that we you know, we were making this happen. So he goes in to buy us lobster, and he orders it, and he's like pointing to the across the street and like trying to explain to the woman that he wants delivery. Like flyover because it's an eight lane major road in the city. And you know, deliver our lobster woman. And he also bought a handful of bottles of wine too. And she gave him wine glasses, like proper glass wine glasses. And so we're we're sitting there drinking our wine and we see this Korean woman like across the way kind of coming towards us. And so we flag her down and you know, sure enough, man, we've got lobster wrapped up, we've got garlic bread, we've got some pasta, like a, a fruity salad kind of thing uh some just a thing a shrimp and then of course there's always a bowl of pickles in korea if you order anything western because pickles go with everything western even pizza disturbing (laughs) um so we're just sitting there drinking wine and eating lobster in this dump so he we run out of wine we go refill and all of a sudden jamie's talking to me he just he just stops like what what's wrong hold on so he goes into the art center with his glass of wine and he comes back out with the stem of the wine glass what the hell like so yeah i kind of shat myself a little bit so i went in there to you know poop and clean up i I think he sharded is it (laughs) so he goes in and clean himself i can totally relate I was in the I was in the stall and I put my wine glass on the toilet paper roll holder and it wasn't until it was like half a second too late that I realized that the roll holder was on a incline. So my, my my wine glass just fell and shattered, but he brought back the stem as proof. Because <laughs> <laughs> he walked in, he walked back to the uh, lobster joint, bought another couple bottles of wine, and she happily replaced his stem with a, a glass. Yeah, we we called, we were calling all the hashers like, come back, we have lobster and wine in the dump, and we, we finally got squeeze me cheese balls came back to hang with us for a bit. Yeah, we, we got to watch the sunset. We we found candles somewhere at some point. I mean, it was it was rather it was the most romantic dump meal I've ever had. That sounds wonderful. That's saying a lot. Lobster in the dump. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah, there's that that's been it, man. It's just year after year of nonstop ad- adventure and nonsense. Granted, not all of them are uh, 
as happy-go-lucky as that. Some are a little bit more risque. Like hashing, again, as fun as it is, people do get hurt. Uh, Mom, Cooter, and I, we were down in uh, Kuala Lumpur, not Kuala Lumpur, we were in Kuching, Malaysia, Borneo, for one of the inner hashes, the the big every-other-year events back in, uh, God, it's been 10 years now, 2010. And they had these trails like going off of the jungles. And we had probably anywhere from six, seven thousand people there, probably. And you know, like one guy fell and broke his arm. People uh, get scratched up. Yeah. There has been the occasional so. death or so. Oh wow. Uh, well, again, <laughs> you were not always the smartest group of people. Right. <laughs> uh, bad luck and stupidity do befall us on occasion. Sure. So I, the, the time I really thought I was going to get it was the first time I went to Malaysia was on my own. And there's a hash called the mother hash, the, the original, the, the restart, the reboot of that hash that just burnt. And those guys started back in 38 when it kicked back off. It is what we call a traditional hash, which is a men's only group. And and there are different kinds of hashes. The majority of them are co-ed, but there are men's group like the Manila hash, the mother hash, the soul hash. There are women's only group like Songtan Sally's PMS. Uh, there are there's mash. What do they was it mash mash the mash hash in Korea was the mixed all souls hash, which is a family friendly hash. So the songs aren't as dirty. You're probably going to see a little less vomiting, uh, <laughs> less less genitalia because people have got like kids in strollers. Uh, there's been bicycle hashes. There, wow. there, there's different versions of the hashes that are created worldwide. So this is one of the men's hashes, traditional hash. And I was there on some big Chinese holiday. And so we'd gone well outside the city and just lots of people. And this is still back in like the pre-smartphone days. And I wasn't going to be there that long. So I didn't have a SIM card for the little Nokia that I carried around as my travel phone. So all I had on me was I had a phone number for one of the guys at the hash and I had a little bit of money because you always carry some cash on you at the hash in case something happens and uh, they start off like out in these jungles I didn't know know, what all to expect they explained what was going on and they you know told us you know go out that way and this is like a Monday afternoon so we're we're kind of hitting the evening pretty early. We're out in the around the, the jungle. There's no stars out. There's no moon. You're you're under the canopy, so it's really you know it gets dark pretty darn fast. And the way that they lay trail, every every hash has different traditions. You know, traditionally it was with the the flower. Uh, some hashes use shredded paper, uh, and just handfuls of finely shredded paper. There's a hash or two that uses spray paint. Uh, I've been to a hash where they use colored electrical tape to wrap around tree branches. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chalk chalk is the the main one in a lot of places these days. And so this place, though, the mother hash, we're using these like four-inch pieces of paper, squares, that had their logo printed on it. And they would just toss those down once every – hopefully like once every – 100 meters are a lot less you hope and um my my issue was that i've never been like a really big runner and the hash accommodates everybody i mean we've got 
the like high end of morbidly obese to my buddy eager beaver who runs and wins marathons and whatever's in between man my my mom's been on trails uh there is a, a, a wonderful gentleman in Manila that I used to hash with, and he was God, he was in his late 80s or early 90s when I met him, and he would get two young ladies to help him off his bar stool, and they'd like walk him down 100 yards or so down the street and then turn around and send him back to his bar stool in a shandy. And so like, we don't care like what your physical fitness level is. You do whatever you want. We're, yeah. we're promoting the physical fitness and you just, you do what you're capable of. Yeah. So I, I, for the many years would start off with the running group. Cause usually like it kind of separates out. You got the fast bastards, the slow bastards and the middle folk. And I would start off with the runners and eventually get tired out and kind of draw down to the middle folks or the walkers. So I, I was in the middle. I, I got lost from the separated from the runners and this is in the dry season in Malaysia when I'm there. They haven't had much rain. And these pieces of paper don't go away. You know, it's a four-inch square piece of paper. And so they had not uh, – they had done a trail there not all together that long ago. And while I was on my lonesome, I accidentally caught a place where the two trails had crossed. Uh. And I got on the old trail. And eventually it kind of dried up. And I'm out in the woods. I can hear animals like bustling around me. I can hear distant screams. So there, there's hash speak. You know, are you is shorthand for you know, where are you? On on means keep going. Uh, true trail, like you call out the marks that you see. Hash checkpoint. True trail. Bad trail. And it got to the point where I couldn't hear anybody. It got dark, like nighttime. And I'm out there for hours just stumbling around through this jungle. And I couldn't see anything, like completely just blackness in front of me. The only thing I could see is if I came up upon, uh, came upon one of the pieces of paper, it had just enough, like a little bit of like illumination on it that I could make out that there was a piece of paper up that way. So I would just stumble like a straight line from wherever I stood to the piece of paper, not staying on the trail that I couldn't see, just batting around through the trees, like stuff slapping me in the face. There's just like pits in front of me. I'm falling down. I'm crawling over stuff just to get to that little bit of luminescence on that piece of paper and then standing on it and trying to see like, where's the next one? And I did this for hours. I finally come out from under the canopy. And I'm up on this like mountainside that they're cutting into. On one side, there's actually a neighborhood off in the distance, and they've been, I guess, pushing the city out in this direction. It's like, oh my god, yeah. All right, I got two choices. The paper goes back into the woods, which I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be helpful. Or I can just go down this hill. I can still make out the numbers on the piece of paper in my pocket, find a phone and call this dude Frank and, and get a ride or directions. And that's it. That's all I can hope for. So I start going through down this hill and, and I'm just stumbling down. it. Like There's no good purchase. I'm rolling through it. I'm cut up. I'm bloody. I've, I've been sweating in Malaysian jungle heat for hours. Ah. I come into this construction area and I got the piece of number, the piece of paper with the number. And I'm like, you know, miming my hand in my face for a phone. And I'm like, money, phone call. And they know. I'm like, what about <laughs> beer? And 
Malaysia has got a lot of Muslims in it. These were some of those. So they had no beer, but they did sell me a big bottle of water, which I I killed two liters of water. Just I was so desperate and hot and thirsty, and so I just keep on walking. And and because I was like, I'm on a paved road. This is something. Somehow I'll get back home, or hopefully find the hashes where I've left my backpack and a lot of stuff. So I, I go in and I come upon this neighborhood where there's people living as opposed to all the construction stuff I'd walk through that was empty. And uh, there's a mother and daughter that are running like a little drink stand. And it, it was a Muslim neighborhood. You know, everybody's got the hijabs on. Everybody's dressed up. And here I come just my six foot four bloody sweating ass. The hash shirt I'm wearing at the time is the the best hash shirt I've ever had. It's this white T-shirt that has a picture of Kim Jong-il on it drinking a Korean beer that was from one of our annual events, the World Peace Through Beer Hash in October. So I can't, in Korea, it's illegal to display anything North Korean. So we had this T-shirt, and, and sorry, sidetracking here, and in Korea... Uh, because of all the military there, we have the APO, the, the cheap shipping. So a lot of military hashers in the States or abroad will order T-shirts, have our hashers make up shirts and patches for their event, and then we mail it to them. Mm-hmm. And so we are – like Korea is a, a long hub of hash gear for American hashers. Except for this one time, we had to have this shirt made in the States and like covertly sent to Korea. The only time we've ever ordered gear from the U.S. So I, I wear it every time I travel. Man, Kim Jong-il is always next to my heart. <laughs> so I've got this bloody ripped up Kim Jong-il shirt on. And I come up on this drink stand and, and I'm at, trying to ask this woman about, you know, can I like pay her to use her phone to call this guy? And her daughter spoke some English. And so I, I bought a drink from them, not non alcoholic, but oh, God, so tasty. Uh, I think it was like, it was all fruit stuff and uh, really good and, and really what I needed at that point. And so I, I called up this guy, Frank, on her phone and he's like, Where are you? And I'm like, Well, <laughs> there's Malaysia. <laughs> So he's like, all right, let me who's like, here, yeah, here, talk to her. So the mom gets on there and rattles off where we're at. He's like, Oh yeah, I know where you're at. I can I can find you. Just wait there. So there I am, just you know, sweating, bleeding, filthy, just hanging out with this mom and daughter and waiting to see what's gonna happen. I'm thinking, all right, well, there's gonna be like a vehicle roll up and I'll I'll step inside and they'll whisk me away to the circle and that'll be the end. Hell no. Again, these are all Malaysians at the hash, too. I'm the only, I think I was the only out-of-town visitor that day. These are all local people who live there, grew up there. (laughs) This big black Ford pickup truck comes barreling down the street and, like, peels to a stop in front of us. And there's, like, a hasher in the back of it. And he throws a beer to, not at, throws a beer to me. And I'm like, oh, Ah, I caught it, crack it, and jump in the bed and thank the the family there. And we drive off to a great circle. But, yeah, I mean, I wow. <laughs> until I came up on that mountaintop, I really thought, like, man, this this might be it. Yeah. I mean, I've never been this thoughts. It's, you know, dark. I'm, I'm in jungle. There's no real trails. I'm just tromping through the woods. There, there's nothing out here but me. <laughs> That's, that, that, that's probably that's my crazy. most dangerous house story. Wow, wow. That's crazy, man. 
So we're looking for a little help from our friends. We need you, our loyal listeners, to help us spread the word about the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Just go to your current podcast provider, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. We're just about everywhere. Hit the subscribe button, download the podcast, give us a thumbs up, hit the like button, give us the highest rating you can, and give us a review. The What's Your Weird Story podcast is a community effort. Without our friends and listeners, it wouldn't be possible to do what we do. So please, help us out by spreading the word. Thanks for the hash story. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, um, a lot of good things there. I'd never really, I've, I'd heard Sam talk about hash, but I didn't know really a whole lot about it. Um, so it was really interesting to learn all of that, all that material and that community, that yeah. global community yeah. that's involved with it. I had no clue. And, no yeah. clue. And, I've, you know, the, the story to where he and his buddy, like, you know, kind of made up their own little uh, lounge slash living room there yeah, in, the, yeah. in the dump and uh, also had trouble trying to get some pizza there delivered. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ended up eating lobster <laughs> drinking wine. It's great. What a story. <laughs> Making the best of a weird situation. Absolutely, man. And, and then, of course, getting lost. Know, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, Sam. Sam is one of those people who likes getting lost, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But I think that this was one of those times that he wasn't super thrilled about getting lost, seeing that he really couldn't speak to the locals very well. Yep. He didn't have anybody really there. He kind of had a kind of friend. Fred, was it Frank? Was it? Yeah. Uh, Fred, Frank, I can't remember. But, yeah, you know. But, again, you know, he got out of it. He laughed his way through it. He came out with a smile. As always, and you know that's what Sam does, man. He'll he comes out of everything with a smile, and you know we know that soon, uh, and we hope very soon that he'll be smiling his ass off on his way back to Asia to see his his uh, beautiful chairman wife. Absolutely, yeah. That uh, it's always a good time talking to him, and it's always I think it's always fun to learn about cultures that are different, like. You know mm-hmm. the, ha- the hash culture. Like I never heard of that ever before. You know, I you know, I, I, there's something about that that's really intriguing to me. And um, in a lot of ways, I think that's kind of what drew me into music, and mm-hmm. and the types of music that I enjoy so much is because there's a there's a great sort of cult community that's always sort of you know in the underbed that not a lot of people yeah. know about. But if you know about it, you're good to go. Yeah. You got a place to hang out. You got a place to stay. Um, you know, yep. it's, it's just a cool, it's a cool story and it's a, it's a cool culture that I, I always love learning about new stuff, you know? Yeah. Back in the day when we called it the scene, yes, you know, yes. and then it got taken over by, you know, the scene stirs, yep. which are the, uh, you know, the people who are there to be seen S E E N yep. and not necessarily be part of the music, part of the group or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, you know, whatever that happens, you know, every underground kind of movement gets once it gets a popular popularization brought into the light. Yeah. You know, people, more people show up and are, are attracted to those same things uh, that you are that you, you know, you dug into when yeah. you were younger or whenever you got exposed to that yeah. scene, yeah. you know. But I mean, look, there's all sorts of, you know, hobbies that are weird and unusual and different. And, um, we, you know, if you got a, if you got something like that, if you're a hasher, 
or you know you've got some kind of weird little subculture group that you're part of and you got some cool stories from it you know we've opened up weirdsville to just you know any kind of strange any kind of out there any kind of not normal any kind of really any kind of good story that's what we like absolutely like like talking to people we like learning about their lives and about them and about their interests and especially when they have the good story to tell the share that kind of of a thing and that's what we're all about here on what's your weird story um we could almost cut the weird out, but uh, we like the weird in it, you know. Yeah, be upfront about that. Yeah, but uh, so if you got any any good stories, you know, any weird stories, UFOs, Bigfoot, ghost, vampires, cryptids, FBI, true crime, whatever, you know, uh, uh, and like, you know, crazy party stories like our guest last week. Or Sam, our guest this week, Sam, he's had crazy party stories, anything like that. We just love hearing good stories. We just love talking to you guys, connecting with our uh, listeners, with our friends, um, with people in general. That's what we love about this. That's why we do it. And uh, we need your stories. We need to talk to you. Um, If you've been on before, hey, come on again. We'll talk catch up, and then we'll hear some more stories. If you haven't been on, you keep dragging your feet, don't don't be anxious. Just just do it, man. Just do it. Trademark Nike. We got to you know, make sure we make <laughs> sure. it there. And we don't want to get in trouble for copyright or anything like that. <laughs> but we love talking to you guys. We love Weirsville. We love the podcast. We hope you love it We and enjoy it as much as we love putting it out there for you. Um, if you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. We're here every week. Tuesdays is when we release like clockwork. We are uh, coming up close on our 200th episode. Also coming up close on our fourth anniversary. Amazing. Hard to believe, Amazing, man. Um, and so, yeah, we're building stuff for that. So we're looking especially for people to come on and share their stories about the satanic panic of the 1980s. Yeah, man. And um, all of that stuff. And if you have any questions if you, about the satanic panic or any questions in general for us, just whatever, um, you can contact us through our uh, various social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or directly with our email, W-Y-W-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. That's W-Y-W-S-P-O-D P-O-D at gmail.com. Or you can call the hotline, which is 513-909-9821. Leave us a message there. And we can set something up and, uh, you know, if you have questions, we'll answer your questions. If you got stories, you can send them there and we'll uh, read them here on the show. Or if you want to set up a, a schedule, a, a appointment, an interview slot, um, a storytelling slot, a hang session, whatever it is, it, you know, we're, we like to make it fun and not feel you know, intense or heavy or anything like that. We want to make it light and fun and everybody laugh and have a good time. That's one of our goals about doing this as well. So that's our spiel. We say it every week because we need your stories and, uh, you guys are awesome and gals, you guys and gals and individuals and people and collective and 
all that stuff. Everybody, however you want to be identified, we're weird villains. That's what it is, and it always will be. You're never getting out. We're a cult. We're not really a cult. I shouldn't say that. Now we're going to get <laughs> on a list. Hey. Uh, uh, I don't know where to go from that, so I'm just going to say <laughs> we love you guys. Be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.